Welcome to the Nerd Gospel Podcast, where old Saint Nick is fat and jolly, and the other Saint Nick punches heretics straight in the face. Yes, he does. It's a true story. Look it up. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Let's get right to the news. Finally, finally, Jeremy, Uh Dish Network has... (laughs) Dish Network. I love that. That's a good punchline. Dish Network. (laughs) Dish Network has confirmed what we already knew. Does Dish Network confirm things? Yeah. Well, this time, this is the first time they've ever done it. All right. And that is that Die Hard is, in fact, a Christmas movie. Now, here's the the results, okay? Mm -hmm. Last Christmas alone... Now, we don't know about this Christmas because it's still happening. Of course. One million... 329,806 people, or actually it says Americans, so only Americans. Okay. Imagine the rest of the world. They watched Die Hard, which is more than Home Alone or Santa Claus. Can you believe that? Mm -hmm. Imagine all the Sri Lankans who did watch Die Hard (laughs) on Christmas. If you added up Sri Lankans, that's going over... It's going over 329. It's going to like 330 or something. <laughs> uh, that, that's the 10th most watched movie on Christmas Eve. 10th wow. most watched movie on Christmas Eve. That's incredible. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. I've never watched that all the way through. Oh. Uh, wow. I've seen clips. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. I, I don't know. It's like, hard, it's, like, it's like hearing somebody say, like, I've never seen... Star Wars, I guess, <laughs> since we've been talking about that lately. I'm so sorry. Uh, well, that's your homework then, to go okay. watch all the way through. Um, it's a great movie. It's not for kids, not for the little ones, mm-hmm. but, you know, John McClane. I'm all uh, grown up. Yeah, you're all grown up. Uh, sure. Disney has purchased Fox Movie Studios. We predicted this. Dun, 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 dun. Did we not call this? We talked about this. Yeah, well, back. we reported the news. Yeah, but then I said, talks. this is going to happen. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, we did say it was in talks, yeah. but talks had broken down. Oh, that's right. But a court, apparently, they broke back up. <laughs> they broke back. <laughs> they rebounded. <laughs> they and they're, rebounded. They're back together. Uh, Disney's deal with Fox will bring the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. their respective villains. Doctor Doom. And several other characters back. So like Galactus, my boy, Silver Surfer, all those guys. Of course. Uh, They're back. This is the first time in history that Marvel's most popular superheroes and supervillains will share the same cinematic universe. So what happened was Marvel was bankrupt. Yeah. Not uh, a couple years ago. Not too many years ago, really. And they were falling apart. So they were selling all their properties in a mad bid to try to save their money. And Disney really bailed them out. This was a $52 billion deal. That's a lot of Bitcoin. That's a lot of Bitcoin. (laughs) That's how Jeremy and I measure things nowadays. Like, <laughs> how many Bitcoin is that? Oh, you know, two. <laughs> we'll all measure it that way at some point. <laughs> Pretty soon. So I'm excited for this. Now, where does this lead us? Because a couple episodes ago, we were talking about, well, actually, Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. This is when it first appeared. So mm-hmm. if you've seen Spider-Man Homecoming, you know that they're moving out of Stark Tower. Yeah. And they take the big Stark S down, the A down, the Avengers Tower, what it was. Yeah. And I predicted in that episode, I said, it's going to be turned into the Baxter building. Now, this was before the deal was done. Talks were still broken down. Yeah. Now that they're broke back up, mm-hmm. <laughs> now that they're pieced together, uh, I think this is going to happen. So mark my words right now. Heath, Heath says Baxter building where the Fantastic Four lives and rules the city of New York. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Jeremy, yep, yep. It's going to be yep. great. I'm this so excited. This is just like how we predicted Green Lantern was in Justice League. Which we saw, obviously. Which he was. He wasn't. There were two Green well, Lanterns. there were Lanterns. So they we were, were right. Yes. Uh, how fast would Santa have to travel to visit every house in one night? Now, I found the I found the research that some, 
Super nerd did. This is our science section. Science. Science. Santa science. Santa has 31 hours of Christmas to work with. Mm -hmm. Okay, not a lot. No. Not a lot. That's not much more than 24. He's got nothing to work with. Thanks to the different time zones and the rotation of the Earth, assuming he travels east to west, which, let's be honest, of course he does. If he's working against himself, if he travels the other way. (laughs) It would be foolish. It's a show-off move. This works out to 822.6 visits per second now point six there are some children who are only point six of a person so that makes sense Uh, this is to say that for each christian household with good children because Mm -hmm. all christian children are good children we know that for a fact that's that's okay that is untrue santa has one one thousandth one one thousandth of a Mm -hmm. second to park hop out of the sleigh jump down the chimney fill the stockings distribute the remaining presents under the tree eat whatever snacks he has left get back up the chimney get back to the sleigh move on to the next house Hmm. Okay, and we know that he does everything in that order because we've seen movies where yep. he does he does that. Uh, this means that Santa's sleigh is moving at 650 miles per hour, 3,000 times the speed of Santa. Well, and Santa himself has to move at that same yes, speed. He, yeah, he's very slow. He's yeah. a slow individual. Well, he can't so, be. Well, he's he's not going to get it done. And jolly. That's what I'm saying. So it's he's working against himself. The more he eats. He's really in a constant battle against himself. You think uh, if he lost a few pounds, yeah, I mean, that would, if he cut it back a little bit, just get, getting he could gain a mile back. Yeah, like I wonder if mm. Christmas would go out faster. So, mm. anyways, uh, if you didn't know, Santa's not real, right? So that is true. Uh, go back in time and cover your kids' ears if if they're listening with you. They shouldn't. Well, now we are family friendly. We're sorry. Yeah, we're whoops. sorry. I love that somebody it's better that they don't know. Put all that together, and I love that I had the the wherewithal to Google how fast the Santa. Go. <laughs> yep. Oh man, people use their powers for evil and not for good. Well, they or use them they for no use good. Them for no good. It's not really evil. <laughs> they, they break back. They break bad. Some people um, think Santa. But here's evil. the here's the thing. What if Santa had an Elon Musk hyperloop underground? He. Th- I think uh, I, I think, think a lot of people get hung up on the travel part, moving yeah. from here to there. Yeah, I think he's pro- gone past reindeer. No, the problem, the problem, Heath, <laughs> stick with me. Okay, I'm with you. Is after he gets out of the sled. That's yeah, where that's the time killer. You're right. Traveling from house to house. The sled's fine. Yeah, the hyperloop. Yeah. Of course, would be helpful in that regard. So once he gets out of the sled, hops in the hyperloop, goes. He's, <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> He's got one one thousandth of a second to do everything else. And we're also, we're talking, like when Santa first started out, maybe he did go reindeer because there were what? Maybe a couple thousand kids on earth when he was starting out, you know? What? (laughs) I'm thinking like Like, Santa's immortal. mm -hmm, All right, let's get mm -hmm. to the really important news. Musky news. I'm going to try something different. So musky? (laughs) No, that's not the same. Virgin Hyperloop 1's. So they all have these stupid names for their stuff. Virgin Hyperloop One system just broke Elon Musk's speed record. So apparently Elon could run. And this thing is the dumbest way it's phrased. Uh, Billionaire Richard Branson, who we all know and appreciate. Of course. Named uh, named their non-executive chairman of Virgin. So that doesn't make sense. Non-executive chairman. (laughs) He says, I am excited by the latest developments at Virgin Hyperloop One. And delighted to be its new chairman, except he's non-executive chairman, so he's just a chairman. He's not the executive one. He's the non. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Branson said in a press release. So Branson, how? Who is this guy? For one thing, I know he's a billionaire. It's billionaire. I, he's I a he non-executive chairman, right? And he does a lot of stuff where he like. I imagine he's always surfing. 
because that's what I always, every time I see, like, I type in Richard Branson, he's on a boat or he's surfing of some sort. You've typed this in often? Yeah, like I just want to see what he's up to, you know? <laughs> so anyways, Richard, I don't know who Richard Branson is. Hmm. Uh, here's the real question. How will Supreme Overlord Musk respond to this threat? All right, this is what I want us to not analyze real quick. I don't understand what's happening in this story. <laughs> All so right. what, is, what is the <laughs> Let threat? Let me talk you through it. What is the threat? <laughs> okay. So Musk has a Hyperloop. Yes, of course. That he broke records with. Of course. Yes. Richard Branson now has endorsed a Virgin One, right? The company Virgin One. Virgin Brand. Virgin Brand. Yeah, right. Virgin Brand. Okay. He's endorsed that and given billions of dollars to it, and they broke Musk's speed. Oh, no. They're in competition. Yeah. You know what That's comes what from I'm competition? Saying. What? A better product. I know. <laughs> yeah, That's well, great. Or, or... A robot AI battle. That's option there's, one. There's a potential for electronic that. self-driving game of chicken. So one he'll like have one car, and then Branson will have another car, and they'll they won't be in the cars, right? But they'll play chicken, and then if whichever one stops first, it seems like they wouldn't stop unless ah, the see, AI is developed to the point where that's what you think. I see. That's what you think. I see. Uh, and then the last option, which is the most likely, is intergalactic space shuttle battle. Does Branson have? Intergalactic space shuttles? He's a billionaire and they can do whatever they want. But he'd have to buy it from us. Yeah. But Branson would like call up his guy and be like, hey, Richard Branson here. Let's get a uh, battle going. And then Musk would be like, oh, you challenge me. You dare challenge. <laughs> I continue to think that you have Supreme these voices wrong. Musk. <laughs> Seems inaccurate. Uh, let's get to the main event, which is Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, I wasn't sure Christmas what the song was for Merry a second. Christmas. Uh, Christmas <laughs> is a wonderful time. It's my favorite time of year. There's chestnuts roasting, roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost is nipping at your nose. Not right? polite. Yuletide carols. Thoughts of uh, sadness. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, here's my top ten Christmas movies. So we're gonna be. That's talk- what we need to know. We're gonna be doing hey, a main Heath. event here, which is Christmas. Hey, th- yeah. What's your top 10 Christmas oh, movies? thank you for asking. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Christmas here, and here's the starting off. We're going to talk about my top 10 favorites in no particular order. I had to say that because I how how could I ever pick? I'd like to know how they're ranked, but okay. Number one, It's a Wonderful Life. What do you think? I've never seen it. We just saw this play. What are you talking I know. about? Well, I, I've seen the play. I've never seen <laughs> the movie. the same thing. Okay. Yeah, well, I enjoyed the play. Oh, the moon, Alice. I'll take a lasso and wrap it around the moon and pull it down there for you. That's got so I could good. understand the words Good in the moments. play more than... I'm Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> uh, number two is Die Hard. Never seen it. Which I, oh my word! Well, you're two for two for ten right now. Uh, Die Hard's great. I, I love all of them. Number four is is one of the newest ones. Number five is actually the newest one. But number oh, four is Die my Hard. favorite. Die yeah. Hard. I have I seen think it's Die Again or something. Die. Harder. I saw the Die Hardest. Harder. Yeah. It just goes. There's Die Hard. <laughs> die Harder. Die Hardest. Die, die Hard Again? Die Hard Again. I don't know. I'm I don't know. That. I saw something. Number three, which, Jeremy, how dare you? You told me you hated this one. Ernest Saves Christmas. Yeah, I've only seen it once. I just know that I hate it because I hate Ernest movies. <laughs> because you're dead inside. Well, no. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, I was singing that at church. I could not stop singing that. Yeah, oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas dumb. tree. Oh, Christmas tree. All right, really number dumb. four, Santa Claus, number one. I just watched number two. It's not bad. Santa Claus One is, is is classic. A classic. Well, yeah, it really it is. depends on how you use that term. It's a great Christmas movie. It is, it, okay. and it feels Christmassy. You know how sure you watch does. a movie and it's like, oh, it just brings you into that. Season. It does have Santa Claus and elves and reindeer and Tim Allen when he was at his peak, which peak Tim Allen. It's hard to beat peak Tim Allen. It was hard just, to beat peak just past Allen. peak. No, he was right at the peak. You couldn't meet you. You talking about he's not the peak. <laughs> <laughs> Number five, Jingle All the Way. 
uh, which is... Is that Schwarzenegger? Of course. No. Schwarzenegger, what? Sinbad. Uh, and he has to get the toy. Ah, don't take my son's toy. It's horrible. Uh, number six, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, only the cartoon version. Of course, only the cartoon version. Yeah. And the, I'm with you. The one with Jim Carrey, I don't like. It's like, it's okay, but it's like, it's freaky. It's no, weird. it's dumb. Yeah, it's stupid. It's dumb. Uh, so the Christmas one, that's great. When his heart grows. Oh, that's so great. Mm-hmm. That's a great book. It really is fun. Number seven is Elf, mm-hmm. which is just, honestly, every time I watch it, I appreciate it a little bit more. The first time I ever saw that was at our first youth Christmas party. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, I had thought up to that point that I thought it was stupid and because watched, I'd only seen clips. Yeah. But then I watched it and I was like, this, this is a great, great movie. I know. It's really great. good. It's really good. It's like an instant. It's hard to to produce a movie and have it be a classic, like an instant classic. Mm-hmm. And really, the first time I watched Elf, I thought, I'm going to watch that every single year now. And have you? And it, I have. And yeah. I always enjoy it every well Christmas. Uh, it ages really well. Number mm-hmm. eight, Muppet Christmas Carol. I yep. include this partly for my wife. She just is, uh, she loves it. There's so many good versions of Christmas Carol. Have you seen the one? Uh, it's not, oh man, I guess it's Sesame Street. Yeah. No, I haven't seen that one. And the. The Muppets oh. and Fraggle Rock Crossing are all in a Christmas special together. In a giant MCU. like It's from the 80s. <laughs> we used to watch it every year. So they were the first like cinematic crossover. They did. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's Kermit great. was down there dealing with the Fraggles. Oh, man. I, love, I need it's to watch it It's a good one. This one's good. It's got Michael Caine. Michael Caine's in it. And he's, uh, he plays Scrooge. I like that one. Man, I'm getting all the chance to do all these impressions. It's what really do, great. I'm showing off my talents <laughs> in this episode, Jeremy. Wait, what is Michael? What Michael now? Kane plays Scrooge in that one. He's, oh, in that yeah. one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I thought we Michael moved on Kane. to another one. Michael yes, he Kane. sure does. Number nine, White Christmas. What is that? The musical with uh, Bing Crosby and hmm. um, oh, my, my dad's going to kill me. Again, for I've never name. seen it. Yeah. Oh, my word. You would love this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number 10, a classic. Last, last but not least, Home Alone. Home Alone's great. Home Alone's great. It really is. It's just mm-hmm. so much fun. Like you know, so great. many of the yeah the ones that we watch every year are missing from your list. Oh, Ru- Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Okay, I do like Rudolph. It's just not like I could take it or leave it. The claymation version. Yeah, I could take it or leave it. But um, all those are good. I like all the claymation. Garfield's Christmas Special. Never seen it. Oh, that's Never it's really it. not very good. Okay, but it is nostalgic for my. Oh, family. so it's like Ernest Saves Christmas for me. Oh, sorry, but uh, it's, that it's better the than that one. for sure. No, I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> Frosty the Snowman. Frosty. Well, there, here's the issue. There's for a top ten list. There's so many good. Like I, I mm-hmm. left off Christmas Story. I don't really love Christmas Story, but I, I know a lot movie. of people do. Stupid. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, so there's different ones. You know, some people put Batman Returns that, in know. there, or not Batman Returns, but the one with I Batman don't know, like Christmas Keaton, Special, whatever. <laughs> uh, let's move on. What's the worst Christmas song of all time? I have my pick, but what is, what would you pick? Ernest singing "Oh Christmas Tree." No, get oh. out of here! <laughs> oh Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree. Uh, I pick Band Aid. This I, this is band called Band Aid, and they, it's is. called "Do You Do They Know It's Christmas?" Now I bet you. So what happened was they had like Michael Jackson and Bono. Oh yes, all these That's like right. great artists, and they came together for a band Band-Aid. called Band Aid. Mm-hmm. Okay, which in itself is just the stupidest name. Aid other people yes. by being in a band. Yeah, it's foolish. It's stupid. Right. Yeah. So here's the. They have a song called "Do They Know It's Christmas?" And every year I hear it on the radio, and I think, why are they still playing this? They should just. We should forget it. Yeah. Okay. Here's the words. Where the only water flowing is the bitter sting of tears. And the Christmas bells that ring there are the clanging chimes of doom. That doesn't rhyme. Well, tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Whoa. And there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. There won't. The greatest gift they'll get this year, guess what, is life. Oh, They'll just get that's to live. hardly anything. Listen to this. Where nothing ever grows, 
No rain nor rivers flow. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? I don't think they've been to Africa. I know. <laughs> it's like, have you? How are the people who are trying to help Africa? Have they have no? Have, they have no clue what like, Africa. Nothing is like. grows there. <laughs> nothing and there's grows. zero water. They've never had water. <laughs> all they have is life. They just wake up every day and they have sorrow and tears, and yeah. that's it. So, wow. anyways, mm. it's a horrible, absolutely horrible song, and it really shows like, like I don't know. It's kind of like us Americans. Coming to aid, yeah. you know, oh man, it's gross. What I about uh, John Lennon's So This Is Christmas? Uh, I don't hate that one, but it's still like, it's very... Here's so here's the way. So this is Christmas. Yeah. What have you done? Oh, that's right. It's you very piece judgy. of garbage. It's very judgy. It's very aggressive. You're right. That, that like was, it. it was a judgy time. <laughs> uh, all right. So keeping in, in line with the Christmas, what's the best gift you've ever received? Are Since you asking going, me? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to know. I'm not prepared. You don't um, know? Every time I wake up and get to yes. kiss my wife, good morning. Oh, that's so sweet. That's actually totally true. But that's not a Christmas gift. That's like, just it an happens everyday on Christmas. Gift. All right. Look, well, okay, fine, I don't I'll wake pass, up I'll and be pass. like, oh, I'm just alive. Yeah. Uh. All right. Well, my favorite gift, like of all time, was the N64, <laughs> Nintendo 64. <laughs> uh, it was so magical. It was so magical because it was at a time where like, um, it was just expensive. Like the N64 came out and mm-hmm. it was like 300 something dollars. Like it was, mm-hmm. it seemed really expensive. Yep. And so as a little kid, like I was like, well, my parents are just teachers. Like we can't afford that. Yep. Right. And they really couldn't afford it, but they, they got it for me somehow. Mm-hmm. And I remember I just started crying and I was like, I'm such a bad kid. Like I don't deserve this. We don't have money for this. Mm-hmm. And it was like this moment where I realized for me, as silly as it is, like it, it realized for me, like this Christmas is about just giving and it's about life and wonderfulness and anything. It meant a lot to me that my parents went out of the way to do that for me and somehow provided that for me, even though I didn't deserve it. I didn't need it. Yeah. Um, man, what a gracious gift they gave me. So that was one of my favorite things about. And the lesson for parents listening to learn from that is if you want your kids to have a memorable Christmas, buy them something really expensive. Fingerlings. We're talking. Yeah. (laughs) The orange in the stocking. (laughs) is not going to giving them water and life. No, no, it's not helpful. They haven't always done that, but that was, (laughs) it was one year that meant a lot to me. So, uh, let's talk about, what is your favorite thing about Christmas time, Jeremy? What's your favorite thing, like just about in general? I'm not in a fight with my wife or anything. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like I'm trying to make up <laughs> no, for something. You're just trying to like. But my yeah. favorite thing about Christmas is is the way my wife views the season. Oh, yeah. Because she's like delighted for weeks. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it's awesome. Every yeah, year. It's a happy time, isn't it? Yeah. Every year I just get to see her be very, very excited about it. Yeah. Everything going on. My favorite. My favorite thing about it is like the lights. I love the lights. It's like the whole everybody. Some people really just go full Scrooge and they go bah humbug, mm. but other people just really go overboard with it. I love it. I Have love you seen my go. lights? No, I need They're to come. Awesome. I know. I need to come see. We it. can go over after this. Uh, but but here's a cool experience I I just had recently. Okay, I went to go to one of my youth kids because I'm a youth pastor. If you didn't know this, mm-hmm. and I went to go to one of my kids' uh, orchestra concerts. Yeah. And at the very end, the orchestra director got up and said, let's sing some songs. And we're like, yeah, that's great. And we didn't have words or anything. We just started singing all these Christmas songs. And a bunch of unbelievers and believers were all sitting there singing songs about Jesus. And it was this really crazy moment where I'm sitting here going, I can't believe this is really happening. This is the one time of year yeah. when both unbelievers and believers are all sitting here singing songs about Jesus together. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Whether they know it or not, like this is just such a cool moment. They're getting truth here from yeah. these Christmas songs, whether they know it or not. It's just, I don't know. I loved it. It is so, great. That was one of the cool things 
Um, anyway, so this leads us to the true main, 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 main event. And when I think about Christmas, I think about Narnia, right? And you may laugh about that or think that's a little weird. But Narnia, and I'm not talking about you, Jeremy. I'm saying somebody listening to this may go, ah, and they laugh about it. Um, I, don't, I don't think so. No, I, no, no, no. I think it's great. But Narnia, there's a Christmas that happens in Narnia. And there's Father Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of an odd part. And a lot of people, like commentators or people who have critiqued Lewis's book, yeah. have looked at this and gone like, what on earth was Lewis thinking? Like, why Father Christmas is out of place. Right. Okay. And it, it does feel a little out of place. So let's, we're going to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to read the Christmas story and uh, from the actual Bible, the real story, mm-hmm. the nativity story. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about what Christmas kind of means to us as Christians um, and how we view it. So right. this is uh, just a quote from Lewis, C.S. Lewis, on his conversion. He says, I felt as if I were a man of snow at long last beginning to melt. The melting was starting in my back, drip, drip, and presently, trickle, trickle. I rather disliked the feeling. Hmm. That's how he talks about his conversion. And if you've ever read stuff about Lewis, he talks about how it was very slow process, and it almost was not even like a, it wasn't this massive deal, it just happened. Yeah, he says he's a reluctant convert, and they're like his whole... The whole time, even into his Christian life where he's uh, working a, th- a form of evangelism, yeah. he still is like uncomfortable. He's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a Christian. It's it's awesome to be a Christian, but it's like uncomfortable yeah. for him. Yeah. And there, yeah. I think there are, I think from other Christians I've talked to, like some still feel that way. As the Bible says, like we talked about last week, we're working through our faith with fear and trembling. Like we're still, we're all at different levels of faith. Yeah. Um, the guy that runs up to he runs up to Jesus <laughs> and he says, "Lord, I believe, help my unbelief." Yes. Um, here's Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. God says, "I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh." Mm. And so, this when I read Lewis's conversion quote, there it made me think of this: how God works in our hearts, and it's almost like He's taking winter and He's bringing us to Christmas time. So that's where we are here with the story of Narnia. Jeremy's going to read it for us, and mm-hmm. we were going to cut it a little bit, but I think we'll read the whole thing because it's so good. Uh, it really is wonderful. So Jeremy, if you don't mind. Yep, so this is picking up in the uh, in the narrative uh, when, well, hopefully you'll get the context. If you haven't read it before, go read The Lion, the Witch, and the Order. It's fantastic. Didn't I tell you, answered Mr. Beaver, that she'd made it always winter and never Christmas. Didn't I tell you? Well, just come and see. And then they were all at the top and did see. It was a sledge, and it was reindeer with bells on their harness. But they were far bigger than the witch's reindeer, and they were not white, but brown. And on the sledge sat a person whom everyone knew the moment they set eyes on him. He was a huge man in a bright red robe, bright as hollyberries, with a hood that had fur inside it, and a great white beard that fell like a foamy waterfall over his chest. Everyone knew him because, though you see people of his sort only in Narnia, you see pictures of them and hear them talked about even in our world, the world on this side of the wardrobe door. But when you really see them in Narnia, it's rather different. Some of the pictures of Father Christmas in our world make him look only funny and jolly. But now that the children actually stood looking at him, they didn't find it quite like that. He was so big and so glad and so real that they all became quite still. They felt very glad but also solemn. I've come at last, said he. She has kept me out for a long time, but I have got in at last. Aslan is on the move. The witch's magic is weakening. 
and Lucy felt running through her that deep shiver of gladness which you only get if you are being solemn and still. And now, said Father Christmas, for your presents. There is a new and better sewing machine for you, Mrs. Beaver. I will drop it in your house as I pass. If you please, sir, said Mrs. Beaver, making a curtsy, it's locked up. Locks and bolts make no difference to me, said Father Christmas. And as for you, Mr. Beaver, when you get home, you will find your dam finished and mended and all the leaks stopped and a new sluice gate fitted. Mr. Beaver was so pleased that he opened his mouth very wide and then found he couldn't say anything at all. Peter Adam's son, said Father Christmas. Here, sir, said Peter. These are your presents, was the answer, and they are tools, not toys. The time to use them is perhaps near at hand. Bear them well. With these words, he handed to Peter a shield and a sword. The shield was the color of silver, and across it there romped a red lion, as bright as a ripe strawberry at the moment when you pick it. The hilt of the sword was of gold, and it had a sheath and a sword belt and everything it needed, and it was just the right size and weight for Peter to use. Peter was silent and solemn as he received these gifts, for he felt they were a very serious kind of presence. Susan, Eve's daughter, said Father Christmas, these are for you. And he handed her a bow and a quiver full of arrows and a little ivory horn. You must use the bow only in great need, he said, for I do not mean you to fight in the battle. It does not easily miss, and when you put this horn to your lips and blow it, then, wherever you are, I think help of some kind will come to you. Last of all, he said, Lucy, Eve's daughter. And Lucy came forward. He gave her a little bottle of what looked like glass, but people said afterwards that it was made of diamond, and a small dagger. In this bottle, he said, there is a cordial made of the juice of one of the fire flowers that grow in the mountains of the sun. If you or any of your friends are hurt, a few drops of this will restore you. And the dagger is to defend yourself at great need, for you also are not to be in the battle. Why, sir, said Lucy, I think I don't know, but I think I could be brave enough. That is not the point, he said, but battles are ugly when women fight. And now, here he suddenly looked less grave, here is something for the moment for you all. And he brought out, I suppose from the big bag at his back, but nobody quite saw him do it, a large tray containing five cups and saucers, a bowl of lump sugar, a jug of cream, and a great big teapot all sizzling and piping hot. Then he cried out, A Merry Christmas! Long live the true king! And cracked his whip, and he and the reindeer and the sledge and all were out of sight before anyone realized that they had started. That's awesome. I love that. That's why we read the whole thing. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and it, I guess for some people it may seem out of place, but for me it makes perfect sense yeah. in the story. Right. Yeah. And from this, so right after this now, we have a, a part where Edmund is, it says this, now they were steadily racing on again, and soon Edmund noticed that the snow, which splashed against them as they rushed through it, was much wetter than it had been last night. So yeah. Edmund's captive to the White Queen. Yeah. After a few moments, Edmund realizes that the White Witch's spell has been broken. All around them, though out of sight, there were streams chattering, bubbling, splashing, and even in the distance roaring, and his heart gave a great leap, though he hardly knew why when he realized that the frost was over. And so I think of Father Christmas as a few things. Some people say like he's almost like a John the Baptist, Hmm. like bringing the good news of the proclamation of the king. And I think that's okay, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times I I see Mr. and Mrs. Beaver as Elizabeth and Zachariah, Hmm. sort of. Hmm. Uh, But I like to, I think of, as I've thought about this today, I've thought about Father Christmas almost being God's providence or almost being almost like the Holy Spirit who brings 
God's good gifts mm -hmm. and he arms us for battle and prepares us because they're not toys, they're tools. Yeah. Right. And the gifts of the spirit are not toys, <laughs> they're tools. Right. Yeah. I was going to say like, uh, it seems like father Christmas is not like, it's a mistake to personify him, even though he's yeah. personified yeah, here. Yeah. I, I think you're right in saying like he is yeah providence. He's providence. He's something he's God providing. Yeah. He's a gift from Aslan yeah. and, and he comes bearing the news of Aslan. Like he's not, and he's so out of place because the reversal here is that it's always winter. Well, what's the opposite of winter? Heat, mm -hmm. right? No, right. no. In, in Narnia, it's Christmas. Yeah. Because the, and if you go back to Lewis's conversion, what we talked about here at the beginning, he equates it to being a snowman and mm -hmm. he had to melt. Yeah. And so Narnia has been only winter. No, no fun. No. And never Christmas. Yeah, never Christmas. Mm -hmm. And now Aslan, since Aslan's on the move, now it is Christmas. Now it's a time where we can hope and dream and there's time for battle to take place. Now, you know, darkness doesn't win yeah. at Christmas. It's just this time where, where things become better, but things become happy. All yeah. the things that were gone get to come back and all the things that were there are pushed away. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like um, if you were, you know, a wicked Jack Frost and there's all snow and cold, and you're like, ha, ha, ha. And right. then kids go outside, and you're like, what? what are they doing? Why are they playing? You know, Why mm -hmm. are they having fun? Why are they enjoying it? Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's, it's a role reversal. And really, when we talk about Christmas, Christmas is a role reversal, mm -hmm. right? The king comes to earth, and it's not in this triumphant, ah, everyone, come see, you know, the king. It's shepherds who yeah. come. And wise men still seek him, right? And he's in a, a manger. And he's, it's just all these wonderful role reversals where Caesar Augustus, the true king, right, at the time, or right. you know, king in quotes, he's doing a census of the entire Roman world. And Jesus is you know, in, involved in this where the true king is actually born now. Yeah. And, he, and how dare you? You're going to census the true king? You know, it's, it's this wonderful uh, story. It's this, and so we, I think we, we miss out when we... When we take our little Christmas narrative, the, na the nativity story mm -hmm. from the Bible, mm -hmm. and we put it in so it's such a tiny little box, yeah. And so Father Christmas is bursting forth here, and he's saying, "I'm on, you know, things are happening. I'm on the move. Take these tools. They're, you know, they're weapons, and ah, it's so good." Yeah, and he says, you know, he doesn't say, "I'm on the move," but he says, "Aslan is yeah, on Aslan's the move. on the move." Like he's, uh, he he's there to announce the, the good, good news, news right? Yeah. <laughs> and you see, you see Christ coming. That's that. Uh, all the things that were wrong are coming to an end. Like all the waiting that Israel was doing, all the promises yeah, the, that were to be fulfilled, yeah, but yeah. not yet. Like all that's coming to an end and all these good things that are coming, you know, with Father Christmas in this. And that's why I always analogy. see like Mr. and Mrs. Beaver as the faithful remnant, right? Hmm. As Zachariah and Elizabeth who are waiting for the promised Messiah. They're yeah. waiting for Aslan to, to return. Yeah. Um, so anyways, so, so, why, you know, why are we celebrating Christmas? Because Christmas is a joyous time. It's a time where we celebrate the birth of our king, yeah. the birth, Emmanuel, God with us, right? Jesus is with us. So uh, we're going to move to the Christmas story, the true, real Christmas story from the Bible. This is from Luke 2, 1 through 21. Um, every year, my, my papa would read this, mm -hmm. and I fondly will always uh, equate this story with my papa reading it. Now, my papa is uh, very sick, and each year is a gift, really, to have him around still. Yeah. He's still alive. Um, but this is just a remarkable man of God. And I remember when, it, when I was growing up, he would read it. And I was just a little kid, and he would read, and he'd get to about the halfway point, and he'd just start crying. Hmm. And I would go, you know, Mom, why is papa crying? And my mom would always say something like, well, he's just a, he's a great man. Your papa's a great man. Yeah. And I never understood what she meant by my papa being a great man until now. I read it, and I 
I want to cry. Mm-hmm. So if I cry in the middle of reading it, uh, it's because I'm so joyous. It's, Christmas is a time of joy, uh, and my papa cried because he's a great man. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyway, I'm not a great man. I just um, the story touches me because it's birth of my king. So this is Luke two one through twenty one. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. What does this story, Jeremy, to you? As we read it, what does it mean to you personally as a believer? It's so tempting and easy to remember all these Christmases where I wasn't a believer. Yeah. And some of those I celebrated Christmas as a religious holiday. Not necessarily mine, but like but I... But you sang the songs. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I understood that it was a Christian holiday and that yeah. I was participating in that. And the fun stuff on the side was different than the thing in the middle. And The Santa uh, bits. <laughs> yeah. And to... To have uh, laid my life at the feet of Christ and and become new, yeah. Uh, to know that the God of the universe who created me, uh, He's the one in that manger. Uh, there's this there's this uh, problem where we make Christmas small, even just as believers. Like we have this idea that we're going to read this passage. And it's kind of unrelated to everything else because we only yeah. really read it at Christmas time. Like, uh, like this is the God in Isaiah and in Job and yeah. in Genesis, uh, and it's the Christ uh, that's in Revelation. Yeah, and in the Pentecost. Like, I know, I know. It's this is all the same thing, and it's it's not uh, it's not small. Like, and I started huge. I started at Luke two. And I always remind people, like, like that's where you read. You read that little part, and then you call it a close. And I always tell people, I go, you know, there's a chapter before that. Yeah. And the chapter before it is so good because it's John the Baptist and Zachariah and, and Elizabeth, and it's all this, it's this 
pre stuff coming before it. Yeah. And I always, I always put it this way. When I went to see the JFK museum, I think you may have heard me tell this story before. When I went to see the JFK museum, you don't actually get to go to the window where JFK was shot, right? Mm -hmm. That's the, where Lee Harvey Oswald sat there with his gun and shot. You don't get to see that right away. It takes about 30 minutes, 40 minutes before you get there and you learn about JFK as you get up to that window. Mm -hmm. And by the time I got to that window, I was, I was moved. I really was moved because I had seen his, what he had left behind his legacy and what he did and all this stuff. And I learned about JFK and now I cared. Mm. I really cared. And so my, my shame, like to my great shame, I skip that chapter sometimes and I'm not, and I get to number two and it becomes that story. Like you said, so go back and read the whole first chapter and go, wow, there's all this, there's 30 minutes of, you know, 40 minutes of me walking through the museum before I get to the and now I'm like, wow, this is what's happening. This is the story of Jesus. This is the story of God coming in the flesh. I mean, it's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful to see the, you know, the promises and Zachariah and the angel and Elizabeth. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. So read that first chapter. Don't leave it out this Christmas. And then read the next chapter and the chapter following. Next cha <laughs> and then there. Because the, uh, the reason Christ came wasn't just to be born. Yeah. That there was a reason that he was born, and that's important. Yeah. But and there's a reason he lived, and that's, that's right. important. And, and that's there's important. a reason he died, and that's important. But yeah, the, this story is leading us to the cross. Luke, as he's writing this, yeah. is focused on where this goes. Uh, and we shouldn't isolate uh, the, the birth of the Savior from the death of the Savior and the yeah. life of the Savior and the yeah. things the Savior said. Like there's, I know you can't sit down and take everything in one chunk all the time, but, yeah. but don't stop. Like this is and this, something and, to pursue. And this cannot become part of the Santa bits. Like I said, yeah, like yeah. the Santa bits have their place. Like, okay, it's, you know, the Christmas trees and the lights and all that stuff, they have their place, but this is completely separate and it has to be separate. You, if you start including the story and with everything else and you make it into this weird conglomeration or jumble, you're going to miss the whole point. Right, the whole point of Christmas for us as Christians is Jesus. Like He's the main event, um, not Santa Claus, not the gifts, not none of that stuff. That's just silly, funny stuff. You know, my I have this, going back to my Paul Paul. I have this funny video of him sitting me on his knee. I'm like four years old, and he's looking at me and he says, "Heath, Christmas is a pagan holiday," <laughs> and, he's, and I'm four years old, and I like he's telling me that Christmas is a pagan holiday. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's just this funny memory of my Paul Paul, my great man, right? This great mm -hmm. man who I love dearly, um, telling me a truth. Mm -hmm. Christmas is a begging holiday. It's listen, that's what it is. And some Christians don't celebrate it. Same thing we talked about Halloween. You don't have to celebrate whatever. Yeah. I think we should go overboard in mm -hmm. celebrating it. I think we should make show the world like this is our holiday. This is about Jesus Christ. Like we are so ecstatic. Yeah. Okay. Because for me, when I read that, it's a reversal of the winter in my heart. Mm -hmm. Right? This is Christmas in my heart. Yeah. This is when God took the white witch, booted her out of my heart, and said, No, it's Christmas now. Now yeah. it's Christmas. Um, and they gave me all the good gifts, right? Uh, the king coming to earth, the joy of Christmas. So here's the thing. How should Christians respond? Here's what I wrote down. I wrote down, um, give gifts, okay? <laughs> we should give gifts, and we should be really good gift givers. I like to I like to pretend like, like I like to pride myself that I'm a good gift giver. Mm -hmm. um, but I like to give good gifts, and I like to go overboard in thinking, what would be a better gift than a gift card here? You right. know, or something at least. Yeah. Uh, the next thing, decorate the mess out of your house. So <laughs> here's what I mean by this. <laughs> Down the way from our house, my son, almost three years old, mm -hmm. gets so excited. He says, Dad, take really big Christmas lights. Take mm -hmm. me really big Christmas lights. And there's this house right down the street where they have, they have the radio you can tune into. Mm -hmm. They have the lights on. You know, it's this glorious thing. And people park outside their house just to, just to kind of suck up their Christmas spirit. Okay? Yeah. yeah. 
I would love one day for people to go, hey, come see my pastor. Come see my youth pastor's house. That guy loves Christmas. And, I'm, and I have people in the neighborhood coming over, and everybody's coming over, and they're like, who is this guy who is welcoming people from the neighborhood because of Christmas because he's so excited? Yeah. So decorate. You know, like don't put Santa on your lawn. Don't put nativities on your You don't have to do that, but just like light it up. Be the light and be the light of the world in the in your neighborhood. Okay, get, get them to come to you. Yeah, get them to come to you. They will. Okay, if you build it, they will come. And then to borrow from the our, we're in the Society of Reformed Brotherhood. No, <laughs> no, we're not. Society of Reformed Podcasters. Society of Reformed. We are in the podcasters. Society of Reformed Podcasters. Yes. And there's a group in there called the Reformed Brotherhood, mm-hmm. right? A podcast group, and they had this suggestion. They said, when people say Merry Christmas to you, mm-hmm. respond as it was the best thing you ever heard in your entire life. Yeah. And so I tried that this week uh-huh. and somebody like some poor little guy at McDonald's was like, Hey, Merry Christmas. And I said, dude, I was like, man, you know what? Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for saying that. And he was like blown away. <laughs> but what it did was it taught me like, I, I should be the most joyous of people in this season. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is the birth of my King. Like, Oh man, I'm yeah. Merry Christmas. You know, yeah. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, they're saying Christ, Merry Christmas, you know, Christ right. mass. Anyway, so those are my suggestions. Um, just like with Halloween, we said, go out in the neighborhood, go sit on your porch, go do something, go say hi to people, Mm -hmm. uh, use this pagan holiday to do something great for the Lord every single day. Yeah. Right. Go enjoy the good news of Jesus. And this year... Christmas falls on, or sorry, Christmas Eve falls on our Lord's Day. So yeah. you can easily invite people to church. Come to our Christmas Eve service. It's going to have Christmas themes. Yeah. It's going to be candles. about Jesus. So even if, if you your say, church doesn't yeah, you celebrate. Say, hey, there's a candlelight service. People like flock to that. It yeah. doesn't matter. They, they love that stuff. They like yeah. to burn stuff, you know. They burn Whoa. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then talk about Jesus when, uh, when you get to church. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about Narnia, I'm sure, in multiple, as many books. There's seven books in the there series. Are. I'm sure we'll have a whole series on that. Um, and if you're listening to this going, I thought they were talk- going to talk about Last Jedi, right? And you're surprised. We did say that we would. We did say we would. And we will. And we will. So here's what we thought. We thought for Christmas we would release something Christmassy, which mm-hmm. we are doing right now. Yeah. Uh, and then I think we'll take the week off and enjoy our families and let you enjoy time not if that's okay podcast, with you. Yeah, if that's okay with you. Uh, <laughs> enjoy Christmas. Like, do what we're telling you to do. Go go decorate. Go have fun. Go give gifts. Go love people. Go see The Last Jedi. Go see The Last Jedi. Uh, and then now you have until the new year mm-hmm. to go see it. So we won't spoil it. But once that episode comes out, it's spoiler city. Okay. Uh, right? All, and if you're, you yeah. can't wait. If you can't wait. If it's impossible for you to wait until we spend time with our families. Yes. Uh, then jump on the Facebook group. There is a wildly long uh, yes. spoiler discussion. And we're almost at 300 members, which movie. is ecstatic. Yeah. We're, we are ecstatic about Yeah, we appreciate so. the folks that are uh, joining us there. Yep. It's just all this fun stuff that we talk about in a Facebook group. Yeah. I think if we get to 350 members in there or something like that, or 400 members, I think we'll do a giveaway. I don't know what yet, but we'll give something away. Okay. Maybe a book from my house. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> Maybe a, my, one of my Star Wars VHS Compendiums. I don't know. That's so we'll you're see. getting you're getting out there. <laughs> Anyways, Merry Christmas to you. I hope you enjoyed this uh, fun little episode of Merry Christmas uh, on Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, <laughs> right. and uh, and you have a great Christmas with your family. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Stay nerdy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thanks a lot, folks, and a happy uh, Christmas and a merry good year. Who is right? 
The spirit's up. We're here tonight. And that's enough. 